you just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. Unacceptable in all areas. Unacceptable coaching, unacceptable playing, unacceptable effort, not what we're about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys were coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Like I said, coach our kids to, to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, play with boys, play with confidence, play with dignity, play with class. At the same time, we're not going to take anyone's shit either. We want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Now, that's all sorts. Second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. Hey, hey I don't like getting it. It's the only time we're ever getting excited about second. From now on, it's first, okay? No, I want to do is fucking eat. I want you to eat. I want you to eat. I want you to want this shit. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm coming live from Hoover, Alabama with my cousin Shane. <laughs> How's it going, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy. How the hell are you? <laughs> it's been a wild day, Shane. It's been a long day, but uh, we got to get the listeners their podcast. Of course, I'm down here in Birmingham, Hoover, Alabama for... The SEC Media Days, and uh, things got started today with LSU, Florida, and Missouri. Uh, I did not even get a chance yet, Shane, to listen to the coaches speak in the main ballroom, but uh, I kind of feel like all that's usually just a bunch of nonsense coach speak not worth listening to. I'm in a side room with, with kind of some better questions, so what was your main takeaways from uh, the main ballroom, which is what they air on SEC Network. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Mike. It was a lot of coach speak, and you know one of the one of the bigger surprises was Barry. Mm-hmm. And when he come when he came up, you know he was. It felt like it was from the heart there for about five minutes, and then all of a sudden a, a switch hit, and it was just the same old, you know, one game at a time, yada yada yada. So I just kind of drifted off from there. But I'm with you. I watched a lot of the uh, the small interviews and uh, in the side rooms, and it seems like that was where more of the action was. Well, before we get into that, before we get into the three teams, we're just going to focus on them today because obviously we, we're going to have a chance to talk on all four teams this week at SEC Media Days. But uh, before we go around the league, how about this, Shane? SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey announced that uh, SEC Media Days is moving once again back to Atlanta, which is Kind of interesting. That's where they had it last year. Uh, before that, be- between 2001 and 2017, I guess it was in oh, – it's always been in Hoover. Now it's going back to Atlanta for 2020. And then the following year, Nashville, my hometown, 2021. What are your thoughts on uh, SEC Media Days? This seems like this is kind of a little bit of what you wanted. Uh, yeah, this is a trend, Mike. This is starting. And so hopefully we're going to start seeing this more and more bouncing around. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw these comments, Shane. This is uh, not official. You know, Greg Sankey was asked about it, but Paul Feinbaum, he noted that uh, he doesn't believe SEC Media Days is ever coming back to Hoover. Now, Sankey was kind of asked about that following those comments, and he would not confirm or deny. He just basically said nothing's been set, nothing's been finalized beyond that Nashville 2021 uh, you know, nothing against Hoover, Shane, but uh, I think it would be pretty cool for them to move around year to year. I do too. And next thing you know, they're going to be out there with more fan support 
I just I'm hoping for an outdoor SEC media day at least once. All right, Shane, let's get into it. We got to make this a quicker podcast, unfortunately, because I got so much going on. But we're gonna hit all these the three teams that went today. You ready to go around the league? SEC media days edition. Let's do it. Now let's go around the league. We haven't decided how we're going to play the guys, so I wouldn't tell you if I did. So, you know, I don't mind you asking a question, but I don't need to answer it. You know, I mean, I'll be whistling Rocky Top by the end of the week. All our play. I mean, it's just like, right? I mean, you just hear it over and over, and, you know, like every other or every third song, it'll roll through within the crowd noise that we play at practice, so you just uh, you get used to it. It's a catchy tune, right? I mean, this game's going to be a street fight. This game's going to be a street fight. I mean, some of you guys don't know who Kimbo Slice is. Hopefully you do. Um, and you go back to it, man, this isn't a sanctioned fight. This is a street fight. I mean, this is the SEC. So, man, it's time. It's time to put on the hard hat. Launch bail. Let's get to work. All right, Shane, let's start with your boy, Coach O. How about this, Shane? I thought, you know, a couple things Coach O said were really interesting. The first one, kind of the key one in my mind, he did note that, you know, part of the reason LSU switching gears on offense, getting more spread, is because they lost to Alabama in such an embarrassing fashion last season. Any thoughts on, uh, I mean, a lot of coaches I don't think would admit that, but Coach O came out and said it. That's big, man. I mean, because this is ultimately the team that LSU has to worry about the most. And, you know, they don't want to be the second best team in the West. They want to be the best. And to do that, they may need to mirror what Alabama's doing, you know. So maybe they're just taking a little bit of that blueprint and uh, trying to expand on that and try not to be so traditional because it ain't working, Mike. Well, Shane, you know, obviously not so much nowadays. Obviously, we're big Coach O fans, you especially. There have been detractors of Coach O in the past, particularly because of uh, his poor record there at Ole Miss. But one of the things that doomed him, Shane, was his inability to adapt and I think, you know, before we even know how this offensive change is going to work, we got to give Coach O a ton of credit for basically saying this is not working. And I know we just had a 10-win season, but if we continue to go down this path, we'll never beat Alabama under my leadership. So I, I give Coach O a ton of props for uh, at least trying something new because, I mean, they had to do it to beat Alabama. I agree, man. And if you look in his past, he's had a lot of failures. And, and it seems like, now here he is in his dream job he doesn't want to lose this opportunity so he needs to do something that he hasn't done in the past which like you said is adapt you know and, and maybe release the reins a little bit you know he tried a few years ago bringing in uh is it canada in for the coordinator spot yep that, that lasted a yeah, year that that did not work but he was quick he he didn't stick around he wasn't you know old i think old coach o would have kept him on the staff and tried to make that work. And, you know, you cannot fit a square into a round hole, you know, and it just feels like he's turned over a new leaf and maybe he's, maybe he's got some help down there. Uh, you know, so, you know, somebody he can lean on and, and, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's a different coach. O, and I like it. And I like the, the way that this program is moving and the offense, you know, something that Burroughs talking the, in the past is about, uh, you know, we've always heard there's going to be a new offense coming out, but this year I think we're really going to see it. 
Yeah, well, speaking of Joe Burrow, Shane, so Coach O said that uh, Joe Burrow will run more this season like he, he did at the tail end of last season to much success, and I, obviously that makes LSU's offense that much more potent when you have to defend 11 guys instead of just 10. Uh, Joe Burrow also said that he will do whatever the coaches ask of him, implying that uh, you know he didn't outright come out and say, I'm going to be running the ball more, but I think that's what he was doing. And I thought the best answer from Joe Burrow on Monday from SEC Media Days, he was asked about, you know, we hear this all the time, we LSU fans, you know, the offense is changing, the offense is changing, the offense is changing. What happens in the fall, Shane? The offense don't change. Joe Burrow was asked if there's any possibility that that happens this fall, and uh, I thought this was a great response from Joe Burrow. LSU fans have heard before in the past that the offense is going to look different. So for those jaded fans that are worried that it might actually look different, what would you say to them on how the LSU offense is going to be different this year? Um, well, I would say that if it doesn't look different, I will be very surprised too because that will mean we'll completely changing who we are a month before the season starts. Um, so I would be very surprised as well. All right, Shane. So, I mean, that's about as solid as a statement as you're going to get from an LSU quarterback in – I think he's a he's a big reason why this offense is going to work. He's just so confident, so cool, and so tough. That was another thing all these LSU players and coaches said about Joe Burrow. Uh, what did you think about that comment? I like Burrow, man. He's one like Coach O's my favorite in LSU, obviously, but Burrow has moved up the list. There's just something about him. You know, he's got a little he's got a little crazy to him, mm-hmm. and uh, but he's all about, like out of all the quarterbacks I heard today. I I wasn't more convinced that a quarterback was putting his team first than Burrow with the comments he was making. Now go, jumping back to Coach O real quick, I do want to make this note because I, I thought this was this was a pretty bold statement. But uh, he came out and called Grant Delpit uh, the best returning defender in the SEC, and he shared a little story here that I thought was pretty cool. Hey Coach Michael Brad from Saturday Night South. Going back even your time at Ole Miss, time at USC, and now at LSU, you've coached a lot of good defensive players. Yeah. How high on that list do you rank uh, Grant Delpit? Grant is – I believe Grant is the best defensive player coming back in college football this year. Ain't no question about it. Uh, uh, he can do everything. Uh, we, we needed him in the post against Ole Miss. He got the interception for us. We needed him to get pressure against Ole Miss. We sent him. He got sacks. Uh, he is he is tall. He's smart. He's a great young man. Uh, I do believe that he's one of the best defensive players I've ever been around. Is there a player you would compare him to? A and then B. Are you ever caught off guard by the plays he makes? Or are you yeah. just used to his superhuman no. abilities? Let me tell you something. That play he made against Georgia on the field goal. He was he was going to block the field goal. He felt the tight end release. He came out of his rush covered the tight end, saw that the Devin White was covering it, and then went tackle the kicker and caused the fumble. That's one of the best plays. He has the highest awareness level that I've ever been around a football player. He reminds me a lot of Troy Palomo. Troy could do that stuff. Troy could rush. Troy could cover. Uh, Grant Stallin has a little bit more range than Troy, but he's, he's a lot like Troy. All right, Shane. I mean, it doesn't get uh, praise doesn't get much higher than that than uh, what Coach O had to say for Delpit there, does it? No, that's that's big, man. And I, I agree with him. Um, you know, there's some he earned that number seven, and mm-hmm. uh, you saw it in plays last year. And um, I, I'm excited. I'm just curious 
how does that call get made? I'm, you know, is this something that the coaches decide or is this a team? Do you know anything about that? Uh, you mean giving Del Pitt the number seven? Yeah, I mean, who decides that? Is this a Coach O decision? It's a Coach O decision, but I believe, I, I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that Grant Del Pitt asked for it this offseason, and uh, yeah, I, Coach O obviously agreed and, and gave it to him, and um, it's not something that is taken very lightly down there in Baton Rouge, but, uh, I mean, I don't think they could have given it to a better player this offseason. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I, I just, I, you know, it's always somebody special, and, and this guy is going to be special. A lot, of, a lot of hype about these defensive backs. You know, one thing that he hit really hard on was the fact that he has to play against Burrow and these outstanding wide receivers in practice, and a lot of people take that for granted. I mean, here you got, some people are saying the greatest secondary in in the league, maybe in mm-hmm. maybe in the country, and uh, they're going against equally talented players on the opposite side of the ball. So uh, I just think I don't know. I'm really excited about this defense, and especially Delpit. I just think he's going to be phenomenal. Final update here on LSU, Shane. Uh, this was first reported by Matt Zinitz of AL.com, but uh, defensive back Kelvin Joseph re-entered the NCAA transfer portal and this is the guy that <laughs> went in and, and then there was you know saying he didn't go in and then he came out and then he I guess now he's back in so I don't know if you're going in multiple times Shane I, I don't think he's coming back <laughs> sounds like my wife man you know it's just like what well, do, you, do you want pizza I don't know I mean what do you want to eat you know <laughs> Uh, you know, one thing, uh, did anybody bring up coach? I mean, did he have a limp or anything from that big fall he had there on the beach? <laughs> <laughs> no, not that I saw Shane. Not that I saw. Okay. All right, Shane, let's jump to Florida. It's another team that was down here for SEC media days. And, uh, you know, I thought the main takeaway I know I took a shit ton of heat for putting the Gators third or excuse me fourth in my SEC East ballot, but uh, you know one thing that really struck me, Shane, these Gators are confident coming into the season. They are on a mission to make me look like a damn fool that I am, and uh, you know Dan Mullen hit on that uh, on his expectations for the upcoming season here. Coach, you combine the passion of the Florida fans and the expectations with your history of working with quarterbacks and how they seem to develop and get better and better year for year. Combine those two for 2019 and, you know, think people are thinking big things. How do you deal with that? How do you gauge that? Uh, well, I have, I have unbelievably high expectations, you know. I have, I have unbelievably high expectations of our team um, and the program and, and all of our players. And, um, I don't know if there's anybody that has higher expectations than I do. So I love it. I, I have no problem embracing the expectations, uh, you know, and, and hopefully exceed the expectations. I think we we exceeded expectations last year, and uh, hopefully we do the same again this year. Um, you know, that's that's kind of what it is. I don't shy away from those things. Uh, you know, but you got to learn, and there's there's different types of adversities. You're going to learn to deal with adversity of success, and you're going to have to learn to deal with adversity of failures. Uh, and it's learning how to deal with both of them. You know, and both of them are bring their own challenges um, and, and adversities that come with them. And, and our job is to kind of manage the team through both of those. All right, Shane. So, I mean, Dan Mullen's expecting big things. You know, I, I thought it was kind of interesting how he noted, you know, I don't care if we win by two points, we win by 50. Uh, a win's a win. That's all we're after. 
that's not exactly the Florida way. We kind of ha- they kind of had that under Will Muschamp, and they got frustrated with it. But you know, he knows that if he delivers the wins, and it's going to come through his offense and uh, tough nose defense. Uh, I mean, it sounds like he's quiet. You know, I was I was surprised. He's quiet confidence from Dan Mullen today. Uh, at, after being all off season, kind of talking up a big game. And I'm not saying he's backing off that, but uh, he didn't really come out with anything too bold. But uh, I, th- I think that's the right right thing to say after his off season of talking. Yeah, I do. I do. But I will tell you, the the players sing a different tune. You know, listening mm-hmm. to those guys, you could see, you know, whatever coach has been telling them this whole off season, they've bought into because they did walk in with a little bit of a swagger. Yeah, and chief among them, of course, Felipe Franks coming off a big season. You know, a lot of people were writing him off last year, heading into the year. A lot of people thought it would be trash that'd be the starter. And of course, Felipe Franks kind of struggled midway through. Fans were booing him, and then ever since then, he just turned it on and looked like a new player. Uh, that was something that was brought up time and time again. But uh, I thought this was great when he was asked about uh, you know Florida and the expectations for the upcoming season. Felipe, 10 wins is good in most places, but Gainesville, a little different story. What are expectations this year now, second year under Coach Mullen? Yeah, um, expectations are high. 10 wins is not easy to do, I don't think, anywhere. Um, but um, it's good when you do it. I mean, we, we, we had a lot of momentum built up from last season. We've worked extremely hard this, this offseason, ready for this coming up season. And um, there's a lot of momentum built up, and I think we've all prepared the right way, did everything the right way this summer and, and going into fall camp to prepare us for next season. So I think it's just all preparation-based. I think that our team has did a great job. So, All right, Shane. So, I mean, the Gators are they're taking cues from their head coach. I mean, they, I mean, they're just so locked in right now, and it's not that I didn't expect that, but I don't know. I, it just struck me about how quietly confident the Gators are at SEC Media Days. Do you get that same feeling from these comments? Yeah, I do. And But I will tell you, I was impressed with Franks. Compared to last year, he never was shook. He sounded, I don't know, he sounded confident when he was talking. And uh, he sounds like a, like I'd want my quarterback to sound. You know, he was saying all the right things. I don't know if that's going to show up on the field but it felt like to me that he was taking this more serious. You know, last year, if you remember, there was the joke like, hey, if I get the starting job, I'll take it. You know, this year, this is his team, and you kind of felt that vibe. So I like that, for my, especially for my quarterback. Yeah, and I don't know if this has any relevance to the football season. I mean, I know it does a little bit, but I will say this, Shane. I've never seen Felipe Franks up close in person until today. That dude has got – a damn catcher's mitts for hands. I mean, this is the biggest damn hands I've ever seen on a football player. Uh, I mean, like I said, I don't know if that helps, but he's like the he's like the opposite of Drew Locke is what you're saying, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I just I was just like, my God. But uh, beyond Felipe Franks and Dan Mullenshane, I think the uh, the biggest quote machine here at SEC Media Days from the Florida side was running back Lamichael P. Ryan, and he was asked about the Tennessee rivalry, Shane, and we don't have a, the comment from him here, but, I mean, he basically said they ain't a rival. They can, you know, they can't beat us. So as our resident Tennessee homer here, what were your thoughts on that? Mike, uh, you know, every superhero movie has an enemy, and uh, P. Ryan <laughs> is it. <laughs> uh, if you watched him, 
in the interviews that you could watch. Like if you don't just listen to the audio. I've never, I mean, when this guy came up, I said, this arrogant bastards, you know, I just, he kind of had that swagger we were talking about where he came in and Florida's going to be the best in the East kind of attitude. And, you know, I, I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I just, he couldn't win me over. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of OP Ryan. As the season gets closer, Shane turns more and more on the Gators as expected. <laughs> I'm about to drop them in my ranks, Mike. You know, one thing I did not know about P. Ryan before today, I didn't realize that uh, he's from Alabama and Auburn, Alabama both went after him. Uh, this was also some more interesting stuff. He, you know, he was asked about Auburn recruiting him. He said the Tigers told him he was too damn slow to play. I mean, that's, that, that should tell you something about Gus Malzahn and his staff right now because P. Ryan is one of the most explosive players in the SEC. And the more interesting thing I thought, Shane, so obviously after P. Ryan committed to Florida, but before he had signed, apparently Alabama turned up the heat on him, tried to tried to get him to flip. And someone mentioned, uh, you know, no one says no to Nick Saban on the recruiting trail. And P. Ryan said, LaMichael P. Ryan did. <laughs> So that was great. I mean, Nick Saban obviously wins more recruiting battles than he loses, but uh, if you don't get on someone early, and a school like Florida does, uh, I I think it's pretty neat to see a guy from Alabama stay loyal to the team that was loyal with him, and it's it's obviously paying off big time for the Gators. Oh, for sure. All right, Shane, I thought the real winners of SEC Media Days was Missouri. M-I-Z! And I'll tell you why, Shane. It sounds like this bowl ban, we're going to be getting an update. This is uh, according to CBS Sports, but Missouri will appear before the NCA Infractions Appeal Committee this week to make its case on the bowl ban for the upcoming season. And a decision is not expected before mid-August, but uh, it just sounds more and more like this thing could potentially get flipped. And Greg Sankey was asked specifically about Missouri's bowl ban, and here's what he had to say, Shane. The infractions and appeals committee certainly has an opportunity here. I'll leave it at that. So I read into that. I don't know how you read into that, Shane, but I read into that saying Sankey is pretty clear. They need to overturn this. Uh, there's going to be an issue if they don't. Uh, when you got the SEC commissioner you know, standing up and, and you know, he's got their back, We've not seen that many times when it comes to an NCAA investigation like this. What are your thoughts on Missouri getting this bull band overturned? Yeah, I, I have a feeling that it will get overturned. And, you know, I kind of got that vibe, honestly, when I first started watching the SEC Network today and, and Greg McElroy got on there and he went, he, I mean, he went crazy. He, I mean, I'm just subtweeting, but he says, the fact right now they are looking at a bowl ban is utterly ridiculous. What they did to Missouri is absolutely a joke. Mm-hmm. And he went on to say that, you know, this is something that happened five years ago and you're punishing the kids. You're not hurting the university. They can boost it in ticket sales and they can make that money up in no time. You're not hurting the university. You're actually hurting the players that are on this team. And he was, I mean, like I said, he was heated up about this situation and the fact it's on national TV, and now here you got Sankey kind of hinting that it should be overturned. 
Yeah, I, I if I was a gambling man, which I don't know if this is in Vegas and you can bet on it, but I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, jumping to Barry Odom, Shane, you know, I he got uh, he got the question a lot of us wanted to hear. We were hoping he would kind of bite on it, but he really didn't. Uh, he was asked about the bad blood, essentially, between him and Jeremy Pruitt because, obviously, uh, you know, he took issue with Tennessee and their coaching staff kind of coming after his players because with this bowl ban, Missouri seniors are allowed to transfer without sitting out, and not a single one did despite the fact that Tennessee and some other schools tried to get them to do it. Uh, let's jump to Barry Yodem, kind of bearing the hatchet here between he and Pruitt. Coach, you kind of expressed some frustrations, I think, in the spring about uh, Tennessee reaching out to some of your players. Have, have you and Jeremy kind of had the opportunity to kind of clear the air and, and kind of uh, put that to bed, or is there still kind of some lingering, still some lingering resentment there? No, Jeremy and I spoke, and you know, it, I wasn't just singling out one school. Um, you know, I was. We were able to visit in person uh, soon after that. We had we had. Uh, meetings in, in Birmingham, uh, head coaches meetings. So uh, it was good to be able to visit and, and also understand, you know, how recruiting goes. So, uh, you know, if I've, got, if I've got time to sit around and think about that, then, you know, I've, I've got issues. So, we're, yeah, we're okay. And, uh, you know, everybody's a competitor and um, want to build their team as, as good as you can build it. And when you've got good players, you know, that's, that's a good thing, that people want them. And, uh, but, you know, I, don't, I haven't given another thought to that. All right, Shane, this is not the content we want on SEC Media Days. I was hoping for something a little bit more fiery, but uh, it sounds like uh, oh, know, but- I think I think Odom had made a good point. He can't be worried. About, if he's too worried about this stuff, he's he's going to lose focus. Oh, but he hates Pruitt, and you know it. I mean, <laughs> it was all over his face, Mike. When they're asking, I can just see him gritting that teeth. You know, I just I think this is something that's that's still going on. You know, mm-hmm. it would not surprise me if. Maybe somebody on this on this Tennessee staff is still trying to hit some of these players. Um, you know, that's just the kind of I don't know. I'm just reading his face. He didn't say it. he said all the right words, things that you know he's supposed to say. But I wish he would have really opened up here because you could tell he is not a fan of Coach Pruitt. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Pruitt got in a little early so he could catch Kelly Air at the uh, the airport. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of Kelly Bryant, Shane, I thought he was the most kind of bombastic and confident, and he just had an air about him that, you know, I, I feel like this Missouri team is his team, and that's, I mean, that's bizarre if you think about it because he just got there in the spring. Uh, Kelly Bryant, I mean, every single player, Barry Odom, they were asked, you know, 20 questions each on Kelly Bryant. Uh, let's hear from Kelly Bryant himself talking about his decision to co- commit to Missouri over Auburn, a school that uh, he seriously considered coming out of high school. Kelly, you talked about uh, going to Missouri and Arkansas recruiting you. Uh, what about Auburn? When did they contact you, and uh, mm-hmm. what was said? Well, um, I think it was – they weren't one of the first schools that contacted me. Um, it was probably like a little bit like maybe like three or four weeks after I announced, you know, okay, you know, because that's one of the schools I wanted to go to out of high school. And so, you know, I took a visit there. But like I said, at the end of the day, some, some within me was just telling me go to Missouri. You know, I, I enjoyed my visit there at Auburn as well. You know, meshed well with Coach Malzahn. But, you know, at the end of the day, I had one year to get it right. And I feel like, you know, Missouri is the best position for me to be in. All right, Shane. I mean, you could kind of sense it there from Kelly Bryant. I mean, he was cool and collected in front of that microphone. 
this just makes me even more confident in our prediction of Missouri finishing, you know, very high in the SEC East. Uh, I think Missouri's got, you know, for, I'm not a Drew Locke hater, but I just can't remember him ever really coming up big in a big game. I think Kelly Bryant is a guy that can do those things. I do, I do too, man. I mean, this is so. I, I bet old Derek Dooley was was. I mean, on cloud nine when he found out Kelly was going to come up there because you just added about 10 more chapters to that playbook because he's going to be able to do things with his legs that Drew Locke couldn't do. So uh, they can't they can't just get on their heels like they did with the Golden Goose. You know, they're going to have to protect the box, too. So uh, this offense is is I, probably the second most exciting offense that I'm looking forward to behind LSU this year. And speaking of Kelly Bryant, so Missouri's outstanding linebacker, Cale Garrett, was down here for SEC Media Days and – uh, he shared a really awesome story on Kelly Bryant that uh, just tells you everything you need to know about Missouri's new quarterback and how he flipped, you know, quickly flipped this locker room to get behind him. And even though he just got on campus, he early on developed as a, a leader for this 2019 Missouri team. Well, my first impression of him was, okay, we got this high-profile guy who's going to bring a lot of good press to Missouri because I've heard nothing but good things about him, obviously. And then um, I've, I've watched him play in a lot of big games, too. Um, so we knew who he was coming in football-wise. But uh, what made me – what won me over, and I think a lot of the seniors was, after the senior meeting where we found out that we were having a bowl ban, he stood right up in front of us after that and said, I'm here. I'm, I know everybody has the choice to leave, but I'm staying here and I want to win. I know we have something special, and that was my moment where I was like, I respect you a lot, the person you are, and that's when he won me over, I think. What kind of level of confidence do you have to have to just get up and say this in front of a team <laughs> when you just got there? Mike, it's, when you go to prison, you pick a fight with the biggest, baddest dude out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what, Cole's a big, bad dude, so if he would have done it in front of me, you know, that's – I, I don't know this. He obviously had to win this team over. So mm -hmm. I think this was something that he knew he was going to have to address. And, you know, when they started talking about the transfers and all these other schools started coming in, you know, here you got kids at that school that's been there for four or five years, you know, how better, how, how easy is it to win them over by a new guy saying, Hey, I don't care who comes after us. I ain't leaving. I chose this school just like you did. Uh, I think it was a very smart move, and uh, it really got the uh, it got the players behind him, which that's ultimately what he and Coach Odom needed. All right, Shane, that, that's basically all I got right now. I do want to make this other note that uh, you know I did I, I forgot to mention this when I was talking about the Gators, but I asked all of them about the Miami rivalry, and I tried to kind of get them to give me a you know a hot take, maybe a you know they're going to kick Miami's ass and all this, but they refuse to take the bait, which kind of goes back to what I was talking about, it just being quiet and being confident. Uh, I think the Hurricanes are in trouble. I was really hoping uh, the Gators would be the one to tell me that, but uh, none of them really uh, stepped up to the plate and, and gave me a sound bite for that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I listened. Everyone, you asked everyone that was in there. So uh, I wish you would have maybe switched it up and asked them about Georgia. Maybe they would have loosened up a little bit about them but no it seems like they were pretty pretty coached coming in all right Shane, do you have any other takeaways before we hop off here 
let's see. No, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a good first day. I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, in fact, I, like I said, I told you I took off. Uh, I'm going to be watching from start to finish, and uh, I, I just hope that we get a little bit more from the head coaches in this next round. You know, somebody open up a little bit. I thought. Honestly, Dan would say something, but he actually did better than I expected. Yeah, and so Shane teased it there on Tuesday. We got four teams coming at you. We got Georgia, we got Ole Miss, we got Tennessee, and we got Texas A&M. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be even more action than this. I mean, Monday is kind of the slow day, uh, so I'm ready for it, Shane. But uh, it's going to be a whirlwind event, and... uh, Hopefully this guy, this podcast holds you guys over until Tuesday's action. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. That's all I got, man. And uh, we'll get into mailbags and uh, reviews and all that stuff after uh, media days. We're, Mike ain't got a lot of time down there between the between all the coachos and uh, strip clubs down there. You know, he's, he's got just limited amount of time that he can get on here. So we're going to keep him short, but we're going to keep him often. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. All right, Shane, thanks for joining me. As always, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Leave us a five-star heart on Twitter. It really helps us get the word out. Take it easy, Shane. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, see you guys. Go Vols.